What's up, y'all? This is your host, B. You are now tuned in to Bontroversial. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back, welcome back, y'all. It's your host, B. I'm back with another episode of Controversial. I'm going solo today. I'm going to get into some boxing, but first today, I want to give a special shout-out to my homie, Tony P, man, Mr. Montana. My business put me on the tees, man. Y'all make sure to go tap in with Montana on Instagram and mind your business, clothing line, man. Definitely appreciate you, bro. Much love to you. Many blessings to you and your family always, bro. Yeah, man. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, we're gonna get into some boxing today. Um, uh, wish man, I wish boxing was more frequent because honestly, you know, besides basketball, and honestly, it's close up there with basketball now. Boxing one of my favorites, man. You know, it's a one-man sport, it's a one-man band, you know. It's a lot less controversy in boxing because it's not all these politics. Well, outside of boxing, it is. But once you get in the ring, you know, it's really man for man. It's not, oh, well, this teammate did this, or it was X, Y, Z fault. It's you or you, man. You know, that's why I love boxing, man. So, you know, we're going to get into a recap of last weekend. We'll get a David Haney fight, you know, with Jorge Linares. So Jorge Linares, um, pretty, very good record. I think he's lost five times, only been, every time he lost, he's been stopped. So, you know, he's, I think he got about 40 wins, 40 plus wins of his belt, if I'm not mistaken. And um, most of us if you know who Devin Haney is. Devin Haney, 22, 25 and 0, 16 KOs, you know. And Devin Haney, this was his step up fight, you know. So he came into this fight. You know, when you look at this fight on paper, everybody that he's fought, this is his toughest matchup. And, you know, I thought, Looking at that fight on paper, uh, it would be a pretty good fight. I thought Devin would win, which he did. But as um, far as going into the fight, when you look at the fight and look back on it, I believe Devin controlled a lot of the fight. And even though um, Lenares caught him in the later rounds, I still feel like even when Lenares caught him, he was still – he wasn't – he did get buckled. Devin Haney did get buckled. But one thing that didn't happen is Lenares didn't press on the gas. So – when you got those two things, you know, and play like a fighter that just hurt a fighter but he don't push on the gas, you know, that gives that other fighter the chance to go ahead and recover and be able to get some stuff off, you know, and be able to get themselves back in the groove of the fight instead of start drowning there once you hurt. And, you know, Devin, did I did I think that, oh, he was super hurt? No, but did I think that he was pretty wobbled? Yeah, I did. I did think he was wobbled. I did think that. You know, he was at a point in the fight where he needed to, you know, kind of pick the pace back up, you know. But with that being said, even with all that being said, I still feel like Devin Haney went out there and had a masterful performance for at least eight to nine rounds when he was out there. He was fighting incredible. I mean, he was using his jab perfectly. I mean, Sean Poirier said it himself. It looked like a top five jab in the game, and I, I believe so too. I like the way he pops it. It's a strong jab. It's an educated jab. He throws it out there you know, not only to hit you, but to conduct that range when he's trying to 
you know, set up another shot. So I, I do like what I see from Devin Haney in that aspect. And even though Jorge Linares um, has a little back and forth after the post fight saying that Haney had power, um, I believe Haney did show some power. Now, is he on the power of Tank to a female level? I don't believe that to be true, but I do believe that um, Devin Haney is a better pure boxer than both. I believe that when they come to a chess match, he will he could beat both of them. Now, you could say, oh, well, when he get hit, what's going to happen? Well, yeah, that's true. But also, what's going to happen if one of them get hit? You know, what's going to happen if they can't put together those shots? I mean, one thing we do know is Devin Haney is not only a great boxer, but Devin Haney has an extensive amateur career, and he's been in there with a lot of different styles for as far and far as coming up, you know, through the game. Not obviously sparring is different than a real fight, but the people he was fighting and sparring coming up as a young kid, you know, that's experience that you can't get anywhere else. And, you know, not only will he take those things in the ring with him, but Devin has sparred both of these guys before. Obviously years they're years apart now from that sparring. But that doesn't mean you can't take things with you. That doesn't mean that, shit, if he lost the session, he can learn from it. If he wanted, he can learn from it. Not, all those guys can do that. But I just believe that when it comes to boxing and putting the game plan together, um, I think Devin Haney will be able to to do that against both of them. Depending on when they fight would be, you know, I wouldn't pick a winner right now, but I, I would have to see. You know, I would have to see the circumstances. I would have to see what's going on because, to me, those are all close fights. So I just feel like, that's not something that's they all pick them. I can't pick them right now. And um, I really don't even like picking um, who will win after watching the last fight because when you look at that, there's a lot of fighters that just styles are just different. And when you fight in a certain style, you, sometimes you don't look as good. But we all know um, for the most part that Tia Fimo, Devin, Javante, they're going to raise up to that higher level. So it's just going to be interesting to see once they, you know, duke it out against each other, what happens. Logan Paul Mayweather. So, yeah, man, we got Logan Paul Mayweather June the 6th. And, you know, that's a that's a pretty big card. They got Chad Johnson on there, too. Um, we'll start off with him. I'm not too familiar with his opponent, Brian Maxwell. You know, another guy from the UFC that is fighting. Um, on a boxing match. So I'm not too familiar with him for the most part. And um don't really know too much about him per se. But um one thing I will say is he is a fighter. So, you know, he has to be respected as such. You know, he's been in there. And I like the way Chad's training. I like that Chad's actually sparring. He's down there with the Charlo brothers. You know, he's actually taking it seriously. Um, I don't feel like some people in the past took it as seriously and he showed in the ring. And, you know, with that being said, I like the trainer. I like he looks quick. He looks light on his feet. But boxing is boxing. And boxing is a different sport. You know, it's one of those things as well. When you're in there, it's, it's, it's different. You know, it's, it's just different. The, the level of intensity, the level of stamina and endurance you need. And one thing that you can't train for in boxing is your chin. And I just don't know if Chad got a chin. If, if Chad can tiptoe around, if he wants to box, you know, Land punches do this. Maybe he can. Maybe he can do that. You know, um, one one advantage slash disadvantage is you know he he has great stamina. I don't know what kind of boxing stamina he has, but the advantage he does has is the UFC fighter. UFC they don't fight that many rounds, so could that guy get tired? Um, you know, as the fight weighs on. So you know, it'll be interesting to see who's kind of inexperienced in boxing in what area. 
takes a bigger toll on them. And I'm going to, honestly, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm a favorite Chad Johnson. I think that if he's actually been in there with the Charlos and really, you know, learning and shit, and if he really been cracked by the Charlos and, you know, and, and things like that, which I don't think they really went that hard on him, obviously. But, you know, if he's got some good rounds in with some good pros and, you know, if he can control the fight and get later into the fight, you know, it's dangerous for him early in the rounds, you know. And this guy is fully loaded. He's ready to come forward. He's throwing full steam punches. He's, you know, roughing you up. And, you know, he's kind of throwing the kitchen sink early because that's kind of the background and the way he's been fueled to fight. You know, MMA, they have five rounds, you know. So they're pretty much, you know, on that steady pace. You know, in boxing, you know, if you can fight at a fast pace, a la Sean Porter, a la Manny Pacquiao, like all fight, then yeah, okay. But as you see, those guys are veteran. And probably Hall of Fame, Pacquiao for sure Hall of Famer. I, I believe Sean Porter may be a Hall of Famer as well. You know, that's what it takes to have that type of endurance. You know, to be able to endure that type of fight. But I'm gonna take Chad Johnson by a decision. You know, I think he'll be light on his feet. Um, you know, long as he don't get caught. You know, but honestly, if he gets caught, maybe he can take a shot. Maybe not. I think he takes a shot better than any of these other guys that's been laid out. And, you know, doing the most after a one hit. I think he has more of a chin than that, but that's not to say that, you know, he can stand and survive if it becomes, you know, if the fight turns the tide to where he's getting hit, you know. <clears throat> but that's definitely something we'll see. But, I, but I'll, I'll take Chad and I will um, Now, the other two fights are really, you know, kind of comeback fights for these fighters. Badu Jack had... John Pascal, he had to pull out due to being on pads. So he's, um, Badu Jack's fighting a replacement. So I believe he'll get that W against the replacement, you know, especially so last minute. The guy probably only had, you know, four to five days to train. I don't see that fight going a distance at all. And also, you got Jared Hurd on the comeback fight against Luis Arian. If I'm saying that right. Um, sorry if I mispronounced that, but I believe he'll go ahead and handle business as well. It's another comeback fight for him. I don't know if he's fighting at 54 or 60, but he said after this fight, he plans to campaign at 54 exclusively. So we'll see Jerry Hurd back in the 54 division. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, I believe that Jamil Charlo will go get this last belt and unify. So will he give Jared Hurd that immediate opportunity, you know, with nothing, with Jared Hurd having nothing to offer on the table to fight him in the unification? I don't know if. I'm not going to say he's ducking because I know Charlo will fight anybody he's shown at, but I don't know if that's smart and I don't know if, you know, that's a decision that, you know, he wants to make moving forward. And it would just depend. I believe that Jared Hurd, even if he, even if Charlo wanted to make that decision, Jared Hurd would have to bring his status back in because he, I'm not going to say he hurt his status in the fight with J-Rock a lot, but he never, he hasn't come back from that yet and build back up to the, Steamroll Jared Hurt that you know we were all used to, and um, yeah, man, you know I like to see Jared Hurt honestly get back in there because that's the only person I think that can honestly challenge um Charlo. You know, Jamel, I feel like you know Tony Harrison did challenge him, but at the same time, I don't believe Tony Harrison won the first fight. And although he did have his moments, I don't believe he won, and Charlo won the second fight, which you know that was by knockout. And yeah, man. Let's go ahead. I want to turn it over to Pacquiao Spence, man. I want to get into this Pacquiao Spence. You know, 
I believe that this is kind of more of a timing thing for Pacquiao. Pacquiao, you know, he he has just bet and he said that, oh, you know, when Errol called him out about when did Errol call him out? Errol called him out after he beat I forgot who he beat, but he called him out. Manny walked in the ring, said, yeah, I'm down to fight X, Y, Z, this, that, and the third. Then um, two weeks later, um, when the fight's trying to get made, you know, on paper, not by mouth, but on paper, Manny pulls out the fight, you know, then the year later fights Keith Thurman, Keith Thurman wins the belt. Um, we all know what happens there. And um, now I just feel like, you know, he's kind of feeling like, you know, it's the perfect time and Earl's the perfect mate because he's a money, um, you know, they're both, he's a, he's a prize fighter. You know, he's going to bring the revenue to their fight. But I also feel like he feels he has more of a shot now that Earl's off that injury. Well, Earl's not off the injury, but he's coming off the car wreck. So I feel like he thinks he's getting a lesser Earl Spence. And I just don't believe that to be true. I believe when it's all said and done, that that's a fight that Earl Spence will definitely has been craving for a long time. And I think that, he's more focused now than he was before the wreck. Therefore, you know, I, I believe he'll put together a very good performance and he might even stop Pacquiao, to be honest. I don't, and a lot of people are saying he can't get a decision against Pacquiao. I believe, I understand where that's coming from because Pacquiao is a great, but I've seen Errol be untouchable and I believe that's the type of performance he can put on Manny. Not only that, Manny hasn't fought well against any South Cars in a very long time, let alone the one, the caliber of Keith, uh, not, not Keith Thurman, Jesus Christ, no, not Keith Thurman, Errol Spence, the caliber of Errol Spence. And, you know, the way Errol Spence uses his jab and Manny tries to get under the jab and do things like that, I believe in that fight, a lot of hooks will be in play, a lot of uppercuts will be in play, you know, because Manny will be trying to close that distance. And I think Errol's jab is too educated, you know, and Derrick James will put together a good game plan you know, for when Manny tries to come in. And I believe that Arrow cuts off the ring exceptionally well, and he'll be able to, you know, win rounds by, you know, cornering him and putting pressure. And, you know, I think that that's where he can look to get the stoppage in the TKO and, you know, cutting off the ring and stopping Manny and hitting him with hooks and straight jabs and, you know, not letting them come through and keeping them on the, keeping them on the back foot. You know, that's, that's kind of Arrow's forte, and I believe that, you know, he'll show it now. Does Pacquiao have a shot? Of course, it's Pacquiao. I believe Pacquiao lands some good shots. I believe Pacquiao do good things early in the fight, but I just think as the fight weighs on, um, you'll see Earl Spence separate himself and show that, you know, um, he's on another level, even the Manny Pacquiao. And obviously, this is an older Manny Pacquiao, but, you know, he wanted him earlier. And I cannot, and obviously, you know, things, the politics on the making the fight side of boxing obviously made that happened um happened a little later but now the time is coming i believe it you know it'll it'll be a good fight while it lasts i honestly uh, mm, i don't know man i'm a i'm gonna go errol spence i'm gonna go this i'm gonna go decision um i wouldn't be surprised by a stoppage but but i'm, I'm gonna go errol spence by a unanimous decision i think every scorecard will favor him maybe one would be close but um i, I think he would put on that type of performance and uh yeah man let's go ahead and get into that last topic here man i wanted to go ahead and get into you know tfema lopez man a, a unified champion not an undisputed a unified champion you know he's 
a lot of people don't know boxing like that. So a lot of things gets a lot of people confused and his fan base is kind of in the crowd. So, you know, his words kind of bond to them. So he isn't un, not an undisputed, a unified champion, which means he has a collection of belts. He does not have every belt for himself. And to get on to your female Lopez, I just wanted to talk about his fight coming up with Camposo. I believe that um, Tia Fimo, he is kind of underestimating the guy. I'm not going to lie, but I also feel like um, he, he's putting in he's putting in the work um, as well. And what I mean by that is he's talking in the media. He's not worried about him. Um, he doesn't care about what he brings, but I feel like his confidence is up there and his work ethic is up there as well. I believe those two things. Um, as well as being young, youthful, and a skilled fighter, I believe that He'll be Cambosos. I believe Cambosos will have moments. I believe that, you know, Teofimo may get a little rocked or wobbled in this fight. Um, I believe that Cambosos is a good fighter and that he'll he'll come to bang and Teofimo can box. But I believe there'll be points where Teofimo wants to show he can bang as well. And um, he'll go from there and do as such. And with that being said, I believe that Teofimo will get the win. Maybe a late stoppage. Um, you know, he might try to make a statement, but I believe Ken Bosa will be very tough to stop, to be honest. And I believe that, you know, it, it, it'll have points of a firefight at some moments, but I believe um, it'll be a point in time where he goes, Tiafimo goes back to the corner and they say, look, just, just, just our boxes guy. I believe, I believe um, if he's not tough though, if he's not tough early and can't, and can't stand those shots that Tiafimo's in, I believe that they will, they will press on the gas and, um, Tiafimo's known for that in these, um, not, I'm not going to say one-off fights, but these fights like this where, um, you know, you think a guy's going to, I'm not going to say you think a guy's going to come bring something because a lot of people know about Cambosos, but it's just maybe one of Tiafimo's fights where he makes it an early night. And um, I could I could see that as well, but um, I believe it'll it'll go to the later rounds and Tiafimo will finish it from there. As far as pound for pound, though, Tiafimo is not there yet. I believe Tiafimo is he's he's in the top ten, but he he's not in that top five. Those top five guys extensive resumes. Um, a lot of a lot of former champions, a lot of guys that have deep resumes on their resume. You know, and I just feel like um Tiafimo has a lot of work to do as far as building his resume. Yes, he beat Lomachenko, but Lomachenko had a loss before that. Lomachenko was just highly regarded with ESPN because he was with ESPN, not only that. Um, he had a style that nobody could figure out outside of that one fight, and it wasn't televised. So, you know, recent memory favored him in the aspect, but people didn't really even consider he lost a fight. And, you know, Lomachenko was a great fighter, and they fought a fight, which I picked Tiafimo Lopez in, and he came through a warrant. But at the end of the day, um, that's just not enough to say a guy is going to be in the top five pound for pound, especially when, T when Lomachenko had to beat anybody up you know, superstar status himself, you know. Um, and I just believe that he has to do a lot on his resume as far as beating guys in their prime in, in, in that division or even, you know, in the 140 division. But he definitely should try to get some work done at 135 and, and make some title defenses. And when I say defenses, I don't mean mandatory. I mean, you're going out there and you're picking the best guys and you're knocking them off to prove that you're the best. And, you know, if it's if you feel it's too early, some people may feel it's too early. I just feel like so yeah, man. It's, it's nothing against Tia Fimo. It's just that you gotta build your resume, you know, before you can just 
you know, be considered pound for pound. The other guys in the pound for pound have either two, three-time weight champions or beaten so many former champions, two, three-time champions, been great fight of the year type fights, obviously, Tiafimo and Oma was that, but he 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 just he just needs more, and I and I hope that um, he doesn't just sit on his uh, laurels and be undis uh, not undisputed, unified, and just fight the mandatory because that's not what we want to see. We want to see the fight, the best fight, the best. Especially if you're going to speak on each other, then just get it out the way. Like that, all that talking is not going to build up the fight no more. Bro, boxing people are tired of that. People are tired of everybody talking about people and they never fight. And that's why people like the UFC more now because the UFC makes fights happen. And people know it. Like, when somebody loses or somebody wins, like, oh, Dana's about to make this fight happen. Like, and, you know, we want to see that in boxing. But, you know, one thing for sure, like Errol said it, like, the less talking, the more fights we made. So that's, that's what I want to see in the future. And that's what I think we'll be, you know, seeing moving forward, man. So, yeah, man, that's going to do it for this episode. I appreciate y'all for tapping in once again. Tap in with my business. And um, yeah, man, check us out on all platforms Apple Music, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, and uh, wherever you get your music from, man. I look forward to having more content for y'all in the future. And y'all stay tuned for more content for me. Thank you.